Welcome to Movie Time Machine, your retro movie review podcast where we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie, The Decline of Western Civilization Part 1. Released in the year 1981, directed by Penelope Sears, The Klein takes a look into the Los Angeles punk rock scene that was largely ignored by the rock music press at the time. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and joining me this week, for the first time on the pod, longtime friend, former bandmate, roommate, and Taco Tuesday enthusiast, it's Jason. Welcome. Awesome. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah, this is awesome. Hopefully this will be the first of many to come. Um... So since this is your first time, um, why don't you just give like a, a what you do and um, and we'll kind of get on with the pod. So thank you for awesome. joining. Yeah, thank you again. Uh, you and I grew up together in a small Midwestern town of 20,000 people. And I feel like we were largely influenced by the punk rock kind of, um, I guess, second wave of punk rock at that time or yeah. like crust punk. Um, yeah, we both made it out. <laughs> we 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 both made it out. We both have families, and now, yeah, I'm a sound engineer and tour manager for a bunch of bands. Oh, awesome! Yeah, and we've uh, our kind of personal connections to yep from back in the bow, uh, what we called it, and yeah, kind of <laughs> have some some similar uh, backgrounds, and uh, so yeah, we kind of connected through um, uh, largely or a. A large, a weirdly large, I guess, per capita for kind of crust punks and introduced to lots of cool music um, at, in that time. And we went on to be uh, bandmates, played some shows together. Um, our paths diverged a little bit. And then we ended up playing like a couple shows together in separate bands and different types of music that we've done over the years. So, right. and then we were roommates at one time and <laughs> we just kind of, <laughs> and neighbors. we just kind of, Neighbors, yeah. Neighbors, it, neighbors, yeah. Yes, yeah. We only lived like a couple blocks from one another. And so, yeah, um, we've known each other. I was thinking, I was like, there is um, not many people that I know longer than I've known you that's not family. So uh, right. thank you for doing this. I'm excited to kind of yeah, talk sure. about some film with you, especially this documentary, Decline of Western Civilization. So before we get into our movie conversation uh, about the film, um, what we usually do is just kind of give like a pick of the week recommendation, which you've been watching, playing or listening to. And um, my pick this week is I've been watching Betty again on HBO. Uh, the second season just started and it's the season's very short. They're only like six episodes each and it's pretty cool. Enjoying the second season so far. Highly recommend it. Follows a group of uh, female uh, young women skaters in new york city and that's really cool lots of uh lots of uh, kind of cool vibes in that show so i really like the um vibe of that show so yeah check it out uh, what have you right been on. doing lately um i've been actually i haven't really been focusing too much on entertaining myself i've been trying to get a lot of work stuff done i leave for la here soon um but on my radar and on my watch list has been the summer of soul by Questlove. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I, heard. I've like a lot of people have been like, "This is like the greatest music documentary ever." It kind of puts, it kind of like it frames the '60s kind of '70s soul movement in a, such a different light than what was largely overlooked. I think by like like the Summer of Love, like Woodstock era. So, yeah, that hap it happened in the same year, right? Like a hundred yeah. miles apart. Yeah. Yeah. Summer Soul. We watched it last weekend. Super good. 
um, it's just amazing that the quality of footage that they had from that, that was just sitting in a basement for um, 50 years. But oh, God, it's, what a crime. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's like, amazing, too. It's like just no one really knew about it. And I think even Questlove was saying, like, he had never heard of it. And, like, all these, um, you know, kind of big celebrities and music celebrities, like, have even people that perform there, too, like, were watching it and, like, you know, had had never seen any footage of it before. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, I got to watch highly it. Highly recommended. Yeah, you got to check that out. I think I'm going to have some time here soon, so definitely on my list. Yeah, um, right on. It's good. Yes, yeah, sadly, I haven't been really doing much but getting some work stuff done and taking care of um, hanging out with the family and stuff. So Yeah, understand. Understandable with uh, your big, big trip. So speaking of L.A., yeah, this takes place in L.A. So what we'll do is we'll just go through kind of box office and critic review scores quick won't take us long and then we'll go into just general movie discussion our thoughts on the film so first off box office it was had a budget of a hundred thousand dollars estimated um there's not really a lot of info out there on that but the music or the movie was financed and produced by two businessmen that initially thought that they were investing in a porn film (laughs) but (laughs) Psych. But no, not the case. And there's, yeah, no, no box office like um, money that it made. But uh, I don't think it was in theaters very long. Um, it released on July first, nineteen eighty one, and wow. the film. I think it's it covers, but it's like late seventy nine, like December seventy nine through like March eighty one, somewhere in that time frame. So yeah, it's kind of a good three month chunk of that time and era in los angeles so quick just, turn, uh, quick turnaround too yeah july 1st oh yeah 81 release 40 years 40 years oh 40 my years. god yeah <laughs> jeez <laughs> holy cow yeah let's look at the ratings reviews rotten tomatoes has a 100 percent critic score the 84 percent audience score so highly beloved by critics and individuals like imdb has an average of 7.6 and metacritic has a 93 so all right jason this is our second attempt at doing this so (laughs) last time i think we uh uh rambled a lot about our personal experiences but let's focus on the film this time Um, focus (laughs) focus so yeah decline of western civilization what's your thoughts on this film and what's kind of your history and connections to this movie uh well thoughts are is that it was such a groundbreaking documentary um i don't think anybody had touched on anything like this before you know and punk rock at the time was you know it scared parents so it like i could see where uh, it kind of filled a void in um, the cultural sphere of things at that at that time, and plus, um, you know, as we were talking before, it followed like this, you know, the hippie movement and like the kind of like tumultuous kind of seventies. So it was a natural progression of things, I think, within like youth counterculture. That like the punk rock explosion and stuff. Um, yeah, I just think of the. I was just thinking about this earlier today is that the a lot of I feel like a lot of modern music or punk music alternative 
all really, at least in the U.S., stems from this era. This is like the the grassroots of it that kind of right. helps it explode, you know, and like then we get like thrash and metal kind of come to like around this time. So lots of new, cool, crazy, fast um, music. This is like for this is like the the tip of the iceberg right here. Right. right so, right. yeah. And this is kind of like a cool glimpse into it's like really cool DIY punk rock. That's just pretty raw. Great dive um, uh, from Penelope Spheres. It's kind of first um, big documentary film. And yeah, yeah, just a great look into that. So it's it's pretty it's pretty wild watching this um, because, you know, like Danzig had just recently had said that, you know, like punk rock wouldn't wouldn't do um you know, wouldn't be the same nowadays if it had the same explosion as it yeah. did back then. And and I think that a lot of it stems from the shock factor. I don't think the shock factor would go over so well these days. Right. Right. It's scared. It's scared parents. Oh yeah. Punk Definitely. rock scared parents. And Definitely. like everything, everything at that time was scaring parents, you know, like hippies and like the oil embargo. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Oil embargo uh, and hostages and yeah, it was just a, <laughs> it was a like I said, it was a natural progression. I think of things like you know, like a call and response to like what was going on in the world. It's funny too because it kind of becomes this, like even punk rock, then like thrash and hardcore and all this stuff. And in the eighties, it's like this great juxtaposition to. Everything else in the 80s is kind of safe, even though like it's like fast, like cocaine, <laughs> you know, you got the fast and cocaine <laughs> 80s. But like as far as everyone else, everyone's kind of like I feel like a majority of uh, the population in the U.S. in the 80s is kind of like, you know, stuffy, safe. And I don't know, besides the cocaine, but in but like the punk rock <laughs> and thrash and stuff like that is right, <laughs> it, right. it's hiding in American pop culture. It's ready yeah, to not, tear it apart. <laughs> yeah, not everything was a John Hughes film. Right. <laughs> right. Sixteen candles. <laughs> yeah, and some of those are kind of weird when you go back and watch them. Eighties were kind of lots of lots of misogyny in, yeah. in eighty films. <laughs> well, and then touching on that, a lot of this, a lot of this, um, a lot of the content in decline has a lot of misogynistic kind of overtone too yeah that's um, one of those things that's hard to look i mean you look at it and it's like man it, that's kind of just seems like a reflection of the time like it was everywhere right right i mean it kind of just like shows like how i mean you got to think what we're coming out of too like i mean just like with 10 years before this you're you know you're coming like just at the the peak of like the civil rights movement has just occurred. It's in in like the right. peak of the civil rights movement, and there's all these like kind of social change and there's like Roe civil versus, unrest and Roe versus Wade and like women weren't even like allowed to have credit cards in their names, kind of shit. Yeah, you so know? I guess it's that I think is even though it's really shitty and misogynistic is also is like a good reflection of just the era. I mean that's just the way shit was not to excuse it but i mean it no, was no. i think it's just the kind of way to show it everywhere too so yeah so we get um there's a, a flurry of of bands in here but i think 
the first few bands we see is Black Flag and The Germs. And for me personally, this is kind of like the the highlight uh, for me personally um, overall with a lot of the acts in this film. As far as the music goes, um, like some of the the things about the L.A. punk scene and just showing some of the different clubs and venues where they're th- having shows is really cool. And just seeing people dance and how it's kind of cool, like seeing how like some of that hasn't really changed a whole lot um, right. over the years. And um, from what I read, though, from what I read, they rented a soundstage and a lot of the footage is actually like um, a staged show because at this time. A lot really? of yeah, a lot of um, a lot of the clubs were not allowing the Germs and like Black Flag to play their their venues because the shows were so violent. That's right. Now that you say that, they in the, a lot of the interviews they are saying that no one, especially like Darby Crash was saying, or like their manager was saying, like no one lets them play no more because they have a reputation of being too crazy. <laughs> right. Right. So, well, I didn't know. that makes sense though because the. Um, I guess you'd probably need that to, I mean, the sound quality of the, um, what do you call them? The performances is pretty good too. So yeah. Do yeah. you have any insight of how that was done or? I think it, I think it was all, a lot of it, I think it was from board and there's a little bit, oh, of post, yeah. there's a little yeah. bit of post-production. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. For the time, the sound quality is actually pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Like, it's definitely not camera, because camera would be all blown out and everything. Yeah, it'd be just like a a wall of buzz. Yeah. <laughs> we all remember filming shows with a VHS. <laughs> or a, right. Uh, um, a, a handheld camcorder. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of those. Um yeah, we're trying to just record your uh, band practices on a cassette tape right, on right. like a really shitty uh, boombox. <laughs> drums and vocals were great. The drums and vocals <laughs> were awesome. <laughs> um, but I do have I have a bunch of books um, that kind of highlight a lot of this era, too. And yeah. um, <clears throat> like um, Black Flag, Henry Rollins, Get in the Van and stuff. And he does talk a lot about how like, the shows were like extremely violent, like, like more so than what we ever even saw, you know, like yeah. audience, audience members, like punching, beating up like dudes, band members, like, you know, the stuff that, the stuff that we saw in the middle, late nineties was nothing compared to the early eighties, late seventies, early eighties. Well, and then the, the premiere of this movie, um, there was a riot that happened at the premiere of this movie itself. So just to highlight a little bit yeah. more of the <laughs> um, the violent nature of the shows back then, but the it's footage, just... the footage of Black Flag and like the germs and stuff, when you watch it, it's just like it's it's incredible. It's like one of those rare things, you know. It was because at the moment you really don't know, right? This is just kind of everyone's like just like up and coming, kind of really mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not, you know, these these iconic bands and you know that we think of today so it's right, it's really right. kind of it's like a cool yeah lens into that moment of time so like when they're interviewing like black flag when they're talking about like how much they pay to rent that um it was like an old church 
Yeah. Whenever they the, went, yeah, the it's like, church that they lived in and like practiced in. Yeah, they said that they paid was it like sixteen dollars a month or something <laughs> like that. So it's like I calculated that out. It it would be like fifty two dollars today <laughs> a month to stay somewhere, but. Yeah, that that's a good highlight too. I think of right. really of the era. It's kind of bleak and dire. Everything's kind of, or everything's gritty. Then like even some of the yeah. interviews with, um, God, I like when they hit their interviews with um, some of the individuals when they're like they're like up on the hill with like the L.A. Um, downtown L.A. skyline, like in the background, kind of hidden in smog. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know just talking about like you know like just kids just you know they're they're being poisoned and yeah it's just everything is kind of just dark and gritty and yeah getting ready for the dirty 80s but <laughs> yeah particularly darby's interviews were pretty bleak um when he's making breakfast in the kitchen yeah that's the yeah. thing for, with me is like the whole with darby it's like that is Again, like watching it, um, I was just going to, going back and watch some of those scenes today, and because in some of the interviews I had listened to and read, where people would um, explain like their relationships with Darby and kind of like their experiences with them, like when he wasn't fucked up, is that mm-hmm. he was kind of like this funny and like smart, you know, person, you know. But you, then you you read that and hear that, then you like watch him in this documentary and you're just like man this guy is really fucked up <laughs> right he's so well, bad and, like and then also his performances he was always, he always performed like either apparently on heroin or drunk because of um he had just like so much anxiety about performing yeah yeah, yeah i don't know it's <laughs> it's pretty bad yeah also and he, very bleak he he died just after the filming of the 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 footage that they i think he died even before the release of the movie yeah but i think it was after they because he's on like the cover yeah like a large the largest image on the cover of like the movie and or and or movie poster but yeah i think all all that was done before his death but yeah very very tragic i mean just right like any time, I feel like when you have someone like suffering from drug abuse like that, but that's that was kind of tough to watch. But also, yeah, it just kind of gives you like the very raw nature of of uh, this documentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit of trivia, and yeah. I don't know if you've seen all three of the declines. Yeah, I have. You have. There's always somebody making breakfast in one of the in, in each one of the movies. Do you notice that? Okay, so Darby <laughs> in this one, we have Ozzy, Ozzy. in the second one. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember third, the third I, one. That's awesome. <laughs> I think it was somebody from Nausea. I think it was making breakfast or something. Oh god. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little just inside trivia there. Yeah. Do 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 do. All right, what else do we have here? there's a lot to touch on like there i mean uh you know there's x a lot there's like a really good segment of x like there's like the fear segment um there's kind of some of those no-name bands yeah x is one of those bands that i never thought was uh like 
like punk enough or something like back in the day like there we, we had mentioned they were like the smart punk rock band alice bag band like that those performances were kind of cool that was interesting so then you got the classic circle jerks yep. right then yep. um keith keith morris yes and um catholic discipline that was an interesting one isn't it is it the the singer too from catholic discipline that's that he's that the french guy that they're interviewing that also right. works for the slash fanzine right. yeah <laughs> right and which more trivia slash slash fanzine was run by um i think ron biggs who was at the time married to penelope spheres or dating penelope spheres oh. so there's the connection between slash and then the documentary so like the time that this was being made you're i saying? believe so i believe so yes uh-huh. yeah i think they dated or were married for a really long time to end with uh when we fear. go into fear <laughs> <laughs> more beer which is speaking of fear like that those are those uh performances too are pretty uh you know if you're gonna watch this you're gonna need a trigger warning probably if you're the youth of today <laughs> but so uh, uh again there we get you know we get a little dash of uh homophobia yeah. and um yes and that too it's like I, you know, I listened to Fear back in the day and like, I guess some of the lyrics, of these songs, I just never really like, I just kind of glossed over, you know, a little bit and, and going back and just thinking about it. I don't know what I even really saw in this band, but as maybe again, that's probably just more like the shock. Um, they were just, like, they were like jokesters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, New York's all right if you like saxophones. <laughs> yeah, right. What's well, all like, right, like, how serious are you supposed to take it? So that's why you don't right. really like, you know, right. if they're being, you know, if it's a prejudice that they hold or if it's too, you know, if it's like some sort of uh, parody or uh, I think it, I think it satire. It was, <laughs> was a lot of parody and satire. Yeah. I, I mean, personally speaking, I was in like a, a punk rock band from Minneapolis called in defense. And like our, all of our subject matter was pure satire and parody. Yeah. You know, we had a song called like no war, but star Wars. Cause it was directly <laughs> after directly after nine 11. And like after Iraq and Afghanistan were invaded and like everyone was writing like anti-war songs. And we were like, yeah, war sucks, but star Wars is cool. Like, <laughs> and like, that's rad. You know, the only good thing about pizza is the crust. And that was our, like, our, our, um, our, you know, one and only crust song. So, so, I mean, <laughs> I kind of understand where fear kind of comes from a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, there was just, yeah, a lot of homophobia, a lot of sexism, like they, like, uh, leaving is like fighting that female oh, audience member, yeah. uh-huh. like, yeah, like you said a trigger warning is like you almost need to like penelope needs to like re-release it with the trigger warning <laughs> you know and when you're talking about when was it the was it the get in the van book you're saying yeah. like all like violent these shows were too back in the day like but could part of that be too if you're playing a show and if you're seeing like the shows that you're playing where people are getting on stage and like attacking you or attacking other members in your, of your band, like, is that just like a, a natural 
reflex of self-defense then like right if this is not justifying it but again uh, i didn't really think about it that way too after you said that that maybe that's like no this shit's always happening you're not getting on a stage you're not gonna get get up here and get in my face because i've seen this shit before like fuck you (laughs) you know right so right right i mean uh, you know like minor threat shows apparently um used to be pretty violent and then you know ian would stop they would stop playing and they would like you know they would have to calm the audience down and stuff and like ian was also getting beat up a lot but he was like very pacifist so yeah. he wouldn't he wouldn't like and then like when fugazi started doing shows like they were like super adamant about like if the if the show got any like even like even not even like i don't think it even remotely violent per se i think it would if, if people just started like you know maybe like started the circle pit or something or started like even getting a little bit rough he would they would stop the shows so oh. i think it i think it, it was just so commonplace you know like you just like you were like a circus performer and people like you know the audience like taunted the animals kind of shit Overall, for me, what I love best about this film, too, is this is like a great, you know, depiction of DIY, (laughs) you know, like these weren't, I mean, again, like these aren't bands that are going, they're not going out, they're not making a shit ton of money, you know, like that's the passion of just like they're going to go out and play, like no one's making the money, it's like the 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 passion behind it they love what they're doing <laughs> you know like right. um that's i just love the whole like diy aspect and that's like that's like just the whole like punk rock hardcore um ethos of diy is something i feel like i've 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 carried with me through my entire life even though i've, I've moved away from like like those scenes, like the, the DIY aspect of it is that culture is still kind of um, hung with me throughout those years. So even though I'm, I'm more of a family man now, <laughs> but right. um, no, no, I yeah. agree. I agree. Like, um, you know, I'm the type of, I'm the same way. Like if like something needs to be done, I'll like try to figure out how to do it myself before I do get on the phone and try to call somebody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even what we're doing here, right? Like this, this right. whole podcast is, um, you know, I'm not, we're not doing it to make money. Um, just doing it fun and right. have fun and have great conversations and um, talk with friends you haven't really seen for years. So it didn't really hit me until I read that Dave Grohl, his introduction to punk rock is when he bought the soundtrack for this movie. And then I was like, damn, like, Dave Grohl, <laughs> like, this was his introduction to punk rock. Like, so I feel like this movie also maybe of, you know, kind of like, uh, got its way into a lot of kids's kind of, you know, like a lot of people like didn't know what punk rock was until they saw this movie or like they heard the soundtrack. Like, yeah. So I, f- so I feel like it did, like, yeah. it did kind of like, you know, and like I also said earlier, we could scared parents, and so kids—if kids like scare their parents—they were into it. 
<laughs> yeah, let's so let's talk about the quick. Let's so like there was a soundtrack of the movie, but for the longest time, if you actually wanted to get your hands on this movie, it was yeah. very hard to get. Very hard it was, to get. It was like almost um it was almost like mythical, you know, you didn't know if it really existed or not. <laughs> right. Um, I remember um, you know, our old friend Sean back in the day. I remember when we would go into the old it was called the video update. I want to remember getting um, movies from there <laughs> on Central Avenue. Yeah, we used to actually, you know, back in the day, we were so broke ass poor that we actually rented the VCR from there too to watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, like, you know, like put a hundred dollar deposit down or something, and then yeah, brought the, brought the VCR home in like a giant like bag, <laughs> like a suitcase. Yeah, VCR weighed like fifty pounds. Yeah, it was on it was on Central <laughs> Avenue, right? Yeah, or no, that yeah. was Video Max, and there was, was Video, video Update. It was on like the corner of like, fourth it was like on Fourth and yeah, yeah. Like video close. Max, Video Max was our was our spot. Yeah, yeah. We'd actually go. Well, anyway, you'd go. We'd go there and like see that you could order the VHS, but it was like a hundred and seventy dollars or some shit like that. Right. right. It's super. I mean, back. I mean, that was a lot of money back then. So, I mean, we weren't trying to order it then if you would try to order it you like you didn't know if you were going to get it but it was kind of like this elusive thing and um so yeah like this wasn't my my first introduction to these movies though was the metal years movie and the metal Years soundtrack okay. and then i remember hearing that oh there was a fr- <laughs> Cause, yeah because there's a first one in the right. series and it was on punk and that was just like what <laughs> but, <laughs> but i remember i there was like a, a mixtape that somebody had made for me and you know after going back and like watching this i was like oh this tape was somebody just recorded it like straight off the the vhs oh wow onto a cassette tape wow with just like yeah. music parts so. i think my introduction to this movie was um a vhs burn of the movie so it was like really bad quality mm-hmm. So it oh, kind of yeah. like add, added to the mystique a little bit. Get some like weird like sound and squiggly lines in your screen. Right. right. <laughs> but um, Sean was also Sean was also like because I used to hang out with his brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there was always like, you know, everyone's story was like, you know, back in the day I had an older brother, or older sister or whatever. And my older sister um, had older friends and that's how I got like it trickled down to me. But Sean, I used to hang out with Sean's brother. So Sean was like the older brother dude who was like the cool dude and he had all like the punk rock and stuff. Yeah. And he would, I was like more, I was like hanging out with his brother more to hang out with him, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> his brother, he was the conduit. To- <laughs> um, Sean t- taught me my first bass lines. He taught me how to play bass for like like the first bass. Oh yeah. What was what was the first bass line? For whom the bell tolls by Metallica. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> do 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 do. That was my dun, first bass dun. line too. <laughs> <laughs> the first song I ever learned how to play on guitar though was uh Silent Lucidity by ah. by Queensryche. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. Back in 1990 ish. Yeah. 1990. 
Oh, yeah. We are definitely aging ourselves. We are old, yeah. But anyway, um, so overall, so like we haven't really talked about the director, though, and the other work that she has done and probably maybe to most people might be more familiar with than the, the Klein movie is that she is also the director of Wayne's World. Yeah. which was a hit, I believe. So that, that was like her, <laughs> that was like her, I think her biggest movie. Yeah. And she also, she also did little rascals. And yeah, the, she did some of those kind of like, uh, old classic TV, like rebirth films. Yeah. She like, do like Beverly, uh, Hillbillies. Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but famously she also did suburbia. Yeah. Which is another great movie about, homeless homeless <laughs> <Yeah>. punk kids <laughs> but also should come with a trigger warning during during this oh era. yeah there's some kind of <laughs> very violent that's that's a hard movie but it's uh mm-hmm. you know it's that was for me that was like the kids the movie kids before kids came out you know like yeah. it's oh my it god it was pretty raw that movie introduced me to uh di and what was the other band I remember performed in that? T-S-O-L. Yes, T-S-O-L. But um, the Vandals are also in it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. yep. Crazy. D-I, yeah, that was um live performance of Richard Hung himself. That's the one that has like the, that's also the same, has the same scene of like the dudes like ripping the clothes off the girl in the pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But overall, it's a great movie. <laughs> it's not a feel good movie, though. No, so, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> might not be one to watch with the children. No, no. Might want to hold off until they're 18. Maybe skip over that and go to Wayne's World or Little Rascals. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's so, so crazy how she she started off doing I believe Penelope started off doing music videos. Yeah, and she did work on SNL too, I think. Producing shorts for mm. uh, comedian Albert Brooks. Okay. Uh, being highlights in the first season of SNL. Then yeah. did Decline. Then follow up with Suburbia. Dudes. Oh, is that <laughs> the... Um, it's the... Is that like uh, Johnny Depp and... No, no, it's it's um, um another one with Flea in it. John Cryer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Flea's also in Suburbia, right? Yeah. yeah. Flea's also like the dude that's been in like every band, I feel like. Right. <laughs> He's like Dave Grohl. He's in everything. Yeah. Um Yeah, she also did black Penelope also did black sheep. No way, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, Damn. I know, right? I know. That's a and that's a classic movie, man. Oh yeah. One's really good. Yeah, some of these I haven't I haven't seen the boys next door. It's Hollywood Vice Squad. <laughs> <laughs> With music by uh, Keith Levine of Public Image Limited. Yeah. No, like she, you know, in terms yeah. of like, 
in terms of bringing punk rock kind of like to like the forefront and like in like almost like making it a little probably like made it a little mainstream or just like at least broke it from the underground and kind of like brought it a little bit to the mainstream with like a lot of her movies are based on punk rockers and stuff you know yeah and if you like if, even if you look at wayne's world i know that was just snl skip at first but um you know it was just like two dudes that like did like a t- cable access tv show in their basement you know and like diy baby yep exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i like that movie i mean when you go back to it 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 doesn't like it's not like like one of those movies where you're like oh god this movie was so terrible and i thought it was so good it's actually still pretty good i feel like it's still pretty good yeah it's been it's been a couple of years since i've seen it but i do remember i, I didn't watch the whole thing but it was just on and checking it out and yeah it's thought it's like it i thought it had aged well it, it's it's aged well yeah, yeah. there's a few pe- few pieces of it that are like uh, yeah a little <laughs> yeah reflects the era a little bit <laughs> right <laughs> so that leads us to like some more trivia about penelope spheres she was actually recruited to do spinal tap but she didn't want to make a mockery out of out of you know musicians and music in general she was she was more trying to i guess until wayne's world (laughs) but um yeah she was recruited to do spinal tap and she declined it no i'll just say like it just kind of some of like the interviews that i've seen with her with uh director penelope uh spheris is that she's like very serious like when she kind of talks about like the work that she was doing you know and like right also talks about like you know she didn't have much you know like growing up and she was what like in her was she like in her 40s no 30s but she's like I she's wasn't like young like she, she was in her 30s because she's in her 70s now yeah yep that makes sense do the man yep. yep she was she was very serious i feel and also she you know she got burnt out from Hollywood really badly from doing like Wayne's world and stuff. And like all the, like, you know, little rascals and Beverly hillbillies. Um, she kind of had a backlash against Hollywood from what I heard in a couple different interviews. Well, it kind of sounds like too, that she was just like, she got all this money from it and was just kind of like, I have all this money. I don't know, <laughs> you know, what to do with it. I've, never had this much money before in my life kind of thing. So, right. I feel like she, she saw a lot of shit probably that was going on in Hollywood and she kind of rejected it. And I feel like she just kind of moved away from Hollywood all mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah. For, and I like the interview I from a while back that she did with, um, dude, man from fucked up. I forgot, um, what the podcast is called. Um, you know, she said that, she, like, oh. she, like, like you said, she had she made a lot of money really quickly, if, and then she didn't know what to do with it all, and then so she just decided to kind of retire from Hollywood, and now she's a real estate investor. Mm, yeah. So she like builds like houses and stuff. Yeah. She, like, it's almost like a maybe like a design and build kind of contractor, which is oh. really weird. Yeah. 
Right on. But good, good for her. <laughs> Tur- turned out a um, the podcast is called Turned Out a Punk. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. You shared that with me a while back. All right. Yep. Yep. And um, it's the dude from Fucked Up. Darian, I think, is his name from Fucked Up. Mm. Is that Great a band? Punk. I don't know. Yeah, it's a punk rock, uh, punk rock band from Toronto. Um, she also did a movie called We Sold Our Soul for Rock and Roll, which was a documentary that focused on... Um, Ozfest, wasn't it? Ozfest, yep. And due to the fact... So there was a bunch of... It never got released because Sharon Osbourne apparently wouldn't sign off on the rights to um, any of Ozzy and Black Sabbath's like, likeness in music. So it just never got released. What? Yep. But it, it finally did, though, right? No. No? No. Really? I thought I... No way. Really? Yeah, it was never released. Man. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> also cringeworthy, though. Oh, have you seen it? Yeah. Um, there's there's bootleg versions of it on Vimeo. Oh, that's okay. That's where I've seen it. Never mind. Yeah, Maybe you yeah. share that with me. All right. That's that's where I'm share with you, yeah. getting my wires crossed. But yeah, legal da, 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 da. legal issues delay the release. The documentary received mixed reviews. What's age the worst, Jason? I don't I mean there's a lot of stuff that didn't age really well. <laughs> Um, partic- I mean, you know, it's like Pat Smear was probably in his 20s when this came out because he's now in his 60s. Mm-hmm. And he said that, like, there's that part where he says he, he hates he hates women, so that's why he hits them. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay, Pat. Um, ouch. But, you know, just the overall, I think there was, like, some overtones and um, of like homophobia and sexism and racism and stuff like yeah about the the dead painter and yeah <laughs> they're calling the painter a wetback yeah and they like he fell off a ladder and he died and they just didn't do anything about it and like wow okay that didn't age really well no yeah then there's like uh, the 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 skull helmet swastika yeah. thing uh, <laughs> then I, I don't know if you remember me sharing this with you a while back but those replicas or I, I showed you that I found one on eBay. Oh no. <laughs> but it looked of like course. it was like a cookie jar. <laughs> oh God. God. You know, Nazis, they need their cookies. Yeah. Um, Ron Reese, the, um, the then singer of black flag. Um, when they were in the church and they were doing like the scenes of them at their church practice space slash mm-hmm. house, whatever he said that, you know, he showed them his closets and then stating his girls as his victims. Uh, that's like another one of those, like, God. Yeah. There was just no filter back no. then, you know? No. There was no filter at all. No. Pretty raw. Pretty raw. But, you know, and like, again, not excusable, but at the same time, it just kind of like, kind of highlights the era. Yeah. So, I actually had a question I wanted to ask you um, before we close this out is, is it so I always look at back at this and see like, you know, like these are kind of like outcast and, you know, these were people that for some reason didn't find other things 
and other things that maybe were more popular or like what you're supposed to do in life, like go to school, then get a job or whatever, um, go to college. And same with us too, like growing up, like there's some things that were in our lives that impacted kind of like our draw to like this music and this kind of life as well. Um, do you think that it's, it's easier for kids today to get into this shit? Like that's more available to them. Like, you know, that you're not, um, let me see, I'm trying to pick the right words here. Like, you know, if you don't fit the kind of status quo popular, you know, I guess ideals, you know, of uh, American life that if you want to kind of live on the outskirts of that, like, is that, do you think those things are more accessible today because of like the internet and social media and like, there's more of a place that you can find people versus like just knowing like the few people in your town. Definitely (laughs) feel, definitely feel like, um, I feel like it's made, I feel like it's made like subcultures and countercultures a little bit harder to almost be accepted because it's not like the cool thing anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, like I, you know, I feel with social media, just like counterculture in general, whatever it would be like. Right. Right. I, you know, it's like too many people are obsessed on like what some influencer is doing or like what, you know, like, right. it's like, I guess back in the day, our only access to stuff like this was through like movies and television and like news, like, or like magazines and fanzines and stuff. And now kids have just like so much more access to like, you know, there's just like so much more hitting them mm-hmm. per se, you know, like so maybe like we, there's there's greater exposure to it, but that in a way kind of devalues the things yeah. that are you're accessible to because there's so much of it. Right, right. Like I feel like we had to seek it out more. Right, and we got we experienced new things, heard new things through like our relationships. Right. with other people like we like say you'd have like a group of friends but like you'd have like your kind of other satellites friends you know that didn't know this one group of friends so you kind of share from outside of your circle and bring that in and and right. trade stuff and talk about new things and there was i feel like there was always something new to talk about because it was things would always kind of slowly trickle into you um right. into the, like the other people you know well you know it's like music too nowadays it's so easily you know shared and like back in the day like you had to make a mixtape yeah yeah (laughs) and i also feel like i also feel like things are more commodified like things are more oh yeah you're right there's it's like back in the back in the day it was more of like you know it wasn't about money and it wasn't about like popularity i feel like it was more of like like oh man you should check this band out nowadays it's like oh i have this spotify playlist (laughs) yeah i don't know it's just i feel like i feel like the world is really weird these days yeah nothing nothing (laughs) seems nothing seems organic that's well said 
Well said. Well said. Everything everything is super like curated. Right. Right. Homogenized. Right. You know, like there's a lot of things, but there there's not a lot of I feel like there's not a lot of diversity in like any content or entertainment or but there's such like a emphasis to be diverse but i feel like it's forced yeah in a yeah. way yeah again yeah. it's not organic nothing's like yeah. organic anymore yeah nothing is i don't feel like anything is just sincere yeah it's just something to talk about yeah you want to do but when it comes down to like the brass tacks <laughs> you know it's like it's <laughs> yeah. there's nothing um yeah, it doesn't feel like real or genuine. Right, right. It's just to meet some sort of like corporate goal or you want to sound good on your Insta. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or get TikTok. more likes. Your TikTok. Yeah. Your TikTok. Oh my God. TikTok. Cool. Yeah, it's like, I see it's weird. We're going to be like, you know, 20 years from now, we're going to be watching documentaries about how like Instagram like ruined everything or something, you know? There's also I believe I maybe I'm too much of an optimist on this, but I just my knowledge of history is that things tend to like ebb and flow, right? There's right. always a backlash. And I feel like there's gonna be a backlash to having your life available for everyone to see. Right. I, I you I know, agree. like there's I think there's gonna be a backlash where people are going to like kids coming up are going to want to have some privacy, man. They're going to want to have more organic relationships and not just people, you know, not just digitally on your phone, you know, like real organic relationships. And, but yeah, that's, that's just me being optimistic, optimistic, less likes. (laughs) Yeah. Less likes. (laughs) Cool. But, yeah, I did want to ask really quick, um, not to get too nostalgic, but um, since this is a documentary on punk rock, um, what was your first punk rock show? First punk rock show was um, at the warehouse in Fairbolt. Um, and I I don't really remember the full lineup, but I know that Groundwork was like the the closer mm. or head, headliner if you will yeah, they ruled um and i want to say like pillar or rain played but i think pillar was before rain i think it was rain and yeah, yeah i still have the tape i still have my tape um and I, I don't know if it was threadbare or not but i but it was at the warehouse and it was with sean and his brother brent and which is funny because like I was so broke and we were, you know, pretty poor kids. I think we went to Walmart and bought a Sharpie and an X star hand. It was, we noticed everybody had X's on their hands yeah. to get in. Yeah. So we just went to Walmart it was like right behind, you know, the, um, the warehouse there. Yeah. Off of, like it was like what West division or something like that. Yep. And, and on the um, West side of Fairbone. <clears throat> yep. And, um, so we just went and bought a Sharpie and put X's on our hands and got into the show for free. <laughs> oh, it's so rad. <laughs> it's so rad. Yeah, it's, I, uh, I think Snapcase was the other. It was. Was it Snapcase? No way. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. It was um crazy. Yeah, crazy cuz that that band blew up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm trying to think what tour they were on. They just released um Looking Glass Self. Okay. I think. Or but no, it must have been before that. I was I think it was the summer of 93 that stuff went down. Was it 93? Yeah. Yeah, I would have been like 13 then. Yeah. The summer of 93. Progression through unlearning was like my my jam. Nice. Yep. That's a good album. But weird though, because that that snare, man. That I just I don't know, man. That snare, that snare drum. A little too tinny for you. A little, a little too boingy. Boingy. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> Boing. <laughs> and uh, so what was your first punk show? It was I can't. I was just trying to look it up. It was. I can't. Remember, I think it was Youth Brigade. I can't remember if it was Youth Brigade or Youth uh, of Today. And it was. I, I, yeah, I think you said, yeah, I think you were saying Youth Brigade. Yeah, and it was at the old, at the time it was called Deremley Studios. It mm-hmm. was uh, kind of kitty corner from the Triple Rock when that was still mm-hmm. around. And mm-hmm. it was on the same block as uh, uh, Red that? Sea. Red Sea, yep. 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 Yeah, that little bar. There were some kind of some cool shows I saw there too. But yeah, it was. It was uh, rest, youth... in peace. rest in peace, Triple Rock. Yes, yeah. rest in peace. But I remember, um, yeah, it was before they had like the soundstage and stuff built onto the Triple Rock. It was just yeah. like that, that single, the, the single bar, single bar, the old biker bar. But yeah, it was a youth brigade. And, um, I remember crawl space opened okay, up yeah. for them. So, which ended up turning that. into, uh, disembodied yep. uh, back in the day. So yeah, I remember that was, uh, I got my, my tooth chipped at that show. So <laughs> That's still a, a living long reminder of I I want to say that was like a ninety-two. I went to that show. Wow. So ninety-two or ninety-one. But yeah, a lot of fun. That's awesome, Jason. Thanks for doing this. We got it done. Mm-hmm. I think um we focus a little bit more on the film this time and the director, and uh hopefully we'll get to do this more. Um wanna wish you safe travels uh yeah, when you head you. out to LA. Uh, it's a long, long flight for you, and um, yeah, hope you're doing you're doing well, and your family's doing well. So thanks for taking time to do this. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, likewise. Before we go, I want to thank you for downloading this episode of Movie Time Machine. Remember, new episodes will drop on Fridays. Please send your questions, comments, and feedback to MovieTimeMachinePod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See you later. Bye.